Hello. Welcome to this episode of The Unconditioned Life. This is Linda Downey, transformational health and spiritual coach. And I work with women who are interested in leaving stress and overwhelm, pain from their past behind to reinvent themselves and to reinvent a life that they love and that they love living. And it takes unconditioning from the past in order to do that. So that's where the name of this podcast comes from. And this is streaming in multiple places. So please say hello. Tell me where you're from, if you're tuning in live or if you're catching the replay later. And um, I may not see it in the moment because this is streaming in multiple places. So if I don't catch your comment or your hello, I will definitely go back afterwards and make sure that I answer. Okay. So today's conversation is um, all about the mother wound. And I don't know if you've ever heard that term before, if that's a brand new thing. Um, what your thoughts are about it, but let's talk about it a bit. And you can look to see, so I titled this, Do You Have a Mother Wound? And pretty much I'm gonna say we all do, okay? It's, um, it seems to be just part of the human experience. And this isn't about bashing anybody's mother or anything like that. It's just looking and acknowledging and being willing to step into what it would take to heal some wounding that we all have. So the mother wound, and boys will also have a mother wound, although I primarily work with girls, but boys will have it too because every child is developed and grown within the body of the mother. So that's, a you know, there is no other connection like that. If, if a child is grown from a single cell to a full baby within their mother's body, then all of the emotions of the mother, all of the, um, any stress the mother is feeling, any of that is gonna be part of that baby's development. And I'm just gonna share things about myself as we go through the conversation. But so right away, whether you're a boy or a girl, there's a primal connection because you were grown and developed in your mother's body. And so things that your mother had to deal with during the pregnancy or just things that she held in her life and things that all women hold in their life. So there's a collective generational mother wound as well. Um, but those things very much impact the child just because they're grown in the body. And then also because typically in most societal norms, the mother is the one raising the child. So there is a connection, not raising alone um, usually, but doing most of the immediate nurturing and caring for most of the 24 hours a day time period. So there's that impact, right? So this is not about negating dads and dad's role. Dads are absolutely super, super important. But the mother wound, the mother connection, is really primal on it in a very deep level. And um, yeah, so let me first talk about the generational or the collective wound. And when we say mother wound, we're, we're referring to the connection and the wounding that comes from the mother, but we're also, I want you to also think of it this way. It is the mother of all wounds. So human beings, part of growing, and going through the human experience is to be wounded and is to have certain pain that 
we hold as an opportunity to heal from. And the mother wound is the mother of all wounds because a lot of that wounding that we get from that relationship is where we disconnect from ourselves. So I'll, I'll explain a little bit more about that, but please say hello if you're coming on and where you're from. I would just love to, to know who's listening in. Hi, Victoria. Oh, good. Hi. Thanks for hopping on. So the mother wound, as I said, can be generational or it can be unique, you know, to just you and your mom. But let's talk about the generational one. So most cultures, um, we live in a culture that has historically been very patriarchal. Hi, Susie. Thanks for saying hi. Iowa. Okay, awesome. Um, so our culture has been historically primarily patriarchal and a lot of cultures around the world are and that patriarchal hatred <laughs> so people are popping on now and saying hi thank you so much from the land of oz okay um where is that trish and i know where you live and i just went blank anyway um our culture is maybe moving out of being so patriarchal, but there's been generations after generations of women who have had the experience, Kansas. I knew, <laughs> that's right. Thank you, Trish. Land of Oz is Kansas. So all of these generations have experienced like this patriarchal setup, which has women in general feeling maybe Oh, thanks, Victoria. Victoria says, I love your sweater. I just was out with my dogs and it's a little chillier than I thought. Um, but the patriarchal setup of our culture has women feeling or has had women feeling, and I think we're there's a lot of effort to move out of it, but just for a long time, there's um, some shame. There's a feeling of diminished, being diminished and marginalized. You know, it was, I think 1974 was the year when women could actually um, apply for a credit card. That's in my lifetime. Before 1974, women needed a man to get a credit card for them. They also needed a, a man to do bank loans and things like that. So that kind of wounding, like the feeling of being less than, not enough, not worthy, is generational and cultural. And that has been passed down from mother to child because that's in the DNA. Our DNA actually gets altered. It doesn't mean it can't be healed. It absolutely can be healed, but it does get altered with different kinds of stress and with different emotions like shame, resentment, and for many women, it even shows up as, as rage, just like a buried rage. So sometimes people have anger and they don't really understand why they have anger. And looking at the mother wound, this generational mother wound is a place to look. So again, as you're popping on, I, I wanna just reiterate, if I, I think I said it at the beginning, this is not about blaming anybody. And this is not about feeling guilty for looking out and acknowledging your mother wound. It doesn't say anything negative about your mom. Um, and some of us know right off the bat, totally have a mother wound. Like absolutely, it was screwy in my household for whatever reason and have no issue acknowledging that. And other people really feel like they're, you know, um, that it's kind of dissing dis their mom or like it's saying something against their mom. And that's not what this is about. 
Okay, so I want to take that off the table for you. And if you if you feel any guilt about thinking that way, just see if you can let it go and just just listen to the conversation. So let me move more to the particular mother-child wounding separate from that generational wounding. In any given household, any given relationship, you have the woman who gave birth to a child and then you have any other women who show up and are a force of nurturing and caring for that child. It might be grandmothers, it might be adopted or foster moms, it might be other women in the household. And when they're significant relationships, any of them can produce a mother wound. So it's not only from just the mother, but it's from any female caregiver. And again, because we are grown and developed in the womb of women, Children are very, very in tune from birth until at least seven years old, completely in tune with especially the mother's emotions. So children, even as infants, you know, if you if you hear people say, oh, they're so little, they don't really understand what's going on. That is not the case. They maybe don't have the language to express and they don't have the the mental capacity to make sense of. But they absolutely even infants can tell, they can get the feeling in their body with whatever's going on. So um, so with that in mind, up until, like I said, at least seven years old, up until the age of seven, children don't have the capacity. They just don't, the, the brain isn't developed enough yet to actually interpret things in a way that doesn't leave wounding, to be honest. They're always going to interpret whatever's happening through a lens of how is this impacting me and what did I do to cause this? So if there's upset, if they see mom is, you know, fighting with dad, if they see mom keeps herself quiet in order to keep the peace, all of that kind of thing, that is going to create a mother wound. That is going to send the message to the child who you think isn't even noticing, who's in the other room playing with toys, but they are, are noticing. And the child is going to start to understand, especially if the child is a girl. So I'm going to really speak to the women because, as I said, boys do have mother wounding. But once a boy reaches a certain age, he starts to identify with the father more and, and as being a man more. And he's maybe not going to take on or probably not going to take on behaviors that mom did because he's going to realize that's what women do. But girls are going to be seeing and judging, this is what a woman is supposed to do. And if I'm not doing that, I'm going to feel shame. Or I see my mother feeling shame, and then that automatically becomes the thing that I absorb. So, for example, you know, I'm just trying to think of a, like an easy example. Um, if a baby, like a toddler, is exploring the the world and they they one way they do that is put things in their mouth right and mom says don't put that in your mouth that's not good for you take that out of your mouth don't put things in your mouth now the baby has self-doubt that 11 month old or nine month old or 15 month old is doubting themselves because their natural inclination is to explore and to learn with their senses including putting things in their mouth. 
And so now when mom says that, and again, because the mom or a female figure is usually the one most of the time in the, you know, nurturing role or in the caregiving role, not like dads will never say it, but the kids are so in tune to the mom and she's also mostly the one who's saying these things. Now the child starts to disconnect from self because I just got the message from my mother that I'm not supposed to do something that is totally feeling natural to me to do. So that's a very simple, and, and the point of this is not to let toddlers and children do everything, it, not at all, but it's to understand what happens so that you can start to look at behaviors and feelings that have really stopped you in your life and, and start to heal them. That's the point. It's not like we're going to let our kids just go and do anything. We have to correct them, but there are also ways of correcting. So that's the, that's the next piece I want to look at is look at how your mom or the woman who raised you or the predominantly female caregivers in your life, how they manage the household. So is it a mom, was she very overbearing, controlling, nothing out of place, it goes my way or the highway, it needs to be what I'm saying, like a very um, dominating, controlling parenting style, right? That's going to produce certain kinds of wounding. That's going to produce um, girls who decide they have to hyperly control. That's what she does. And also doubt themselves. Another parenting style could be um, a mom who's always saying, shh, don't, your father's tired. Don't bother him. Shh, just go and be quiet. Because I said so. You're not, you know, just, just go and be quiet. When you're older, when you grow up, then you can do it differently. Things like that. So there's a lot of shame there. Like what you have to say is not important. Keep your mouth shut. So again, the way that the child is going to grow and develop will be in response to coping to those kinds of messages. So that's what the mother wound really is. There's other, there's other ways, um, other parenting styles and other kinds of wounding, but I just wanted to give you a couple so that you could start to look and see. And, and what you wanna do, I do um, work with this with my clients in healing the mother wound, especially for women who have been in relationships that have not worked out, you know, divorced, divorced twice. Like, what is that? So relationships that keep not working out or in life situations where they're always working really hard, like just really working hard. It's, it's called hustling, hustling for love, just always hustling for some sort of acknowledgement, hustling for love because what you learned from your mother by watching her do that, learning that's what I need to do in order to get love. I need to hover around the table and pour everybody's drink as soon as their glass is empty. And I need to hop up and take care of things for everyone. That's called hustling for love. We also hustle for um, significance to feel that we are important. So, and if, if the culture in the household was women are not important, now it's a match to the, to the bigger culture, the generational patriarchal culture. And if it's, there in the house as well. It's like a double whammy, right? So 
uh, significance and importance. You end up hustling the rest of your life for love, for significance, and to feel secure. That's the third one. How do I feel secure? Do I feel secure in this house? What is it that a girl needs to do in order to feel secure since we're talking to the women? And she's going to look to her mom to figure that out. She's going to look and see what does mom do? And then do one of two things, either emulate it and do it exactly the same or do the exact opposite. Like actually see, oh my God, my mother's never happy. My mother is always exhausted or she's always angry. I'm going to be the opposite of her. And so then they create a coping way of being that's exactly the opposite. It's still not necessarily true and authentic to themselves. And that's the point. That's the point. With the mother wound, you lose self. The wounding is in the loss of self. And that's where we need to heal so that you return to self. Because maybe it, it's not about being the opposite. Maybe there's a place in the middle where the pendulum needs to land that is authentic to you. But if you're automatically like in response, like just responding, reacting as a result of the way you learn to cope, you don't even have an opportunity to get that pendulum to land. So, um, so you know, things that happen if if you're in a household again alcoholism or any kind of addiction is going to bring up tons of wounding but you might look at let's just say dad was an alcoholic and mom is covering it up so she's sort of making it okay not wanting the rest of the family to know at least for as long as that goes on etc things like that so there's shame again. We have to hide from other people what's really going on. So there's an inherent shame. Anytime we experience shame, we are disconnecting from ourself. Anytime. And this is not necessarily about mother wounds, but just a, a comment about shame is when you actually expose and say out loud the thing that you're ashamed of, it disappears. It really does. The shame can only thrive in the hiding of it. So when you're like with a girlfriend and you finally say the thing that's been on your mind that you're so afraid everybody will find out and you finally speak it out loud to someone or to your therapist or to your husband or to what, wherever, the thing that you have spent so much time and energy hiding, all of a sudden it's like out in the open and the shame can't live anymore it starts to be easier and easier to talk about. So that's a side note about shame. But um, so back to the mother wound. So whether she was covering up for behaviors, addictions, alcoholism for dad, or if she has those herself, if she has those herself, she's wounded. Addiction is a way of dealing with wounding. That's really what it is. It's not like a disease. Like for many years it was, oh, alcoholism is a disease. It's, it's a way of dealing and coping when you're wounded and don't have any other tools. It's a numbing out. It's really no different than anything else you might do. Food, Netflix, all of that. Okay. So 
if mom is the one who has the addiction issues or the alcoholism, then she's the she's can't cope with her own wounding is really what's happening. So when we go to heal the wounding, there's some things that, you know, there's steps that we go through, but there's first acknowledging. And like I said, it's not about, I've definitely have had clients who will say, oh yeah, blah, blah, blah with my mom and then go, what? but I don't want to speak bad about my mom. This isn't about speaking bad about anybody. It's about recognizing and understanding and stopping the pattern. And so when we heal stuff, some of the ways that um, I try to bring healing to my clients is through, is a spiritual way, right? I, I said at the beginning, I'm a transformation coach and a spiritual coach. And when you heal through the spirit and you use the energy, the energy field that we're all connected to, we are actually connected to each other through an energy field. And your connection to your mom is very strong, even if she's passed, not passed. But when you start to heal yourself, you can actually heal her, which is wild. It's really wild. And if you if you've not spent any time and really don't understand like the connection, the energetic field and all of that, that's going to sound really odd because we're individual beings. How can my own healing heal my mother? But if you have any sort of experience or background or have read anything or watched podcasts about the energy field about our spirituality and how we're connected, you will start to understand that healing ourselves does heal the other people in our families. Even if you don't talk to them, you can heal yourself using energy, using healing codes is one tool that I use with my clients. Um, and, and some others, but you can absolutely send healing. And here's the thing. It's amazing. I've had clients who are like, yeah, I haven't talked. Let's just say they're a mom and there's been wounding between them and their children, a daughter. And they haven't talked to their daughter or the daughter haven't seen them in years or whatever it is. And they start to work on their own healing. And all of a sudden they get a text or a phone call or something from the daughter that they haven't heard from in two years. I'm not lying. It happens. It happens because that energy field and that wounding that is pervasive and connects us, when one heals, you can actually heal more. You can heal many. And that's why, you know, when we look at the generational wounding, that I spoke about, doing the work not only changes your life, it changes the world that we live in. Because if each person worked on their own healing and each person raised their energetic frequency and each person changed their consciousness, collectively we would all impact a ripple out of other people. So, you know, wherever you're at, you might be very interested in that. You might just be like, what do I need to do to live my life? And I totally get that. But it's just something to think about. And it is amazing when you start to see that unfold. So mother wound is just one type of wounding. Um, you may have seen around and about that I've been posting for the past week or so. I'm doing a workshop tomorrow on five different levels of healing. So if you if you can't come live by registering, you'll still get the recording. 
Um, you just won't be there live to ask questions and, and all of that and have the interaction. But if you're interested in how do I heal, like what do I need to do, come to the workshop because I'm going to go into those five different levels and um, give you some tools and we'll do some interaction about it. Okay. So thank you so much for popping in. I would love to know your thoughts of the mother wound and what you see. My last thought before I head out is think of your mother, whether she's still alive or not, or the whoever raised you as your maternal figure and think of that person as the young girl that she was. What was the household that she grew up in? What was her family like? What obstacles did she need to overcome? So for me, my mother died when I was four years old. She had multiple sclerosis and she grew up. What I know about her childhood is there was a time period when my grandfather left. I think they were actually separated, my grandparents, for like at least a year. It might have been closer to two. And he moved up to Boston. I live in New Jersey. They lived in New Jersey. He moved up to Boston and he left. And this was when my mother was maybe 14, something like that, 13 or 14. So the wounding, and I think he had an affair. So um, having a father who moved away, who had an affair and moved away and then came back. And I don't know the circumstances of him coming back or how their family was afterwards, but my mother got multiple sclerosis when she was 19 years old. She was diagnosed. She died when she was, I think, 32 and I was four. I'm the second child she had. I have a, a sister who's four years older than me at that time. So that was 54 years ago. I'm 58. So 54 years ago, or even further back, when you were diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, there was not available what there is available today. And she was given a pretty poor prognosis. She actually outlived her prognosis, but it was a it was quite a debilitating disease for her. I think when you, even now, when you get it that young, it's a bigger problem. Most people get it more like in their 30s and 40s, middle age. She was 19. She got pregnant with my sister. My father married her because she was pregnant. So now you've, she's got whatever happened in her childhood, right? And that fear and the abandonment from her dad and all of that. Then she's got a debilitating diagnosis with the prognosis of you're going to live about six years. That's the story I was told she, that she was given about six years and she gets pregnant and my dad marries her, but because she's pregnant. So the shame of he's only marrying me because I'm pregnant. I'm going to be sick the whole time. I'm basically saddling him with my own health and this baby that I'm going to have. Like, I, I don't know what she thought, but I'm imagining what, let's see, at that time, she was probably like 25, 26, right? So yeah, roughly about that, maybe a little younger, 24, 24. So that is the emotional state my mother was in when she conceived me. Now, when by the time she conceived me, the doctors told her, you cannot have any more children. You cannot support a healthy baby. But she chose to do that. So now there's the fear of what's going to happen is this baby, which was me, um, 
is this baby going to be okay? Or is this baby going to be, you know, in some way handicapped? So all of that, that's the environment that I was developing in. The fear, the shame, right? The abandonment. I don't know what else she might be feeling, but you can imagine. So when I've done work in, with healing my own mother wound, and then she died when I was four. So anytime a mother is not available to take care of you, whether she's sick, whether she's going to work, there's wounding there. There is wounding there. So when she died, and actually even for the four years that she was alive after I was born, she could not take care of me. She couldn't hold me. So wounding. And then the next person who came in, my father remarried, there were a lot of issues there, a ton of issues. So it continues with different kinds of issues and different kinds of wounding, but definitely more mother wounding going on. So look at your mom. What was her childhood like? What was it like for her to get pregnant and have you? If you are adopted, what must it have been like for a woman to decide to give her baby up? What was what existed with those circumstances? That's all part of who you are now. And it will be part of the way that you deal with life until you decide to heal it. It will be part of your choices, even if you're 60 years old. But if you've had, you know, underlying anxiety, if you've had always feelings of not good enough or shame, it's called the mother of all wounds, as well as the mother wound for a reason, because it is the mother of all that kind of wounding. Okay. All right. So. I started to say goodbye and then I got back into it. So I'm going to say goodbye again. Thank you for listening to this episode. And if you have any questions, um, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to give you the link right now to the workshop because some of you may have heard about it. But if you haven't, here it is. Okay. If you wanted to come, you just have to register. So whether you can come or not, you'll get the replay. Okay. All right. Have a great rest of your day and hopefully I'll see you tomorrow. I'll, I'll see you over a cup of coffee again later this week. Take care.